We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. The entire Bible every year. On Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Some people ask questions from the Bible Live leads. You call in with the correct answers and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of The Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. Uh-oh. <laughs> so funny, so funny, John. Good to be with you folks. Thanks for being with us tonight. John is always here in the studio keeping us uh, all on the air, keeping the right buttons pushed. And Stacy, my daughter Stacy, is here. And pushing buttons. <laughs> and pushing She's buttons. good at pushing the buttons, right? <laughs> Stacy is here with us, and uh, I am Soapy, and we are here for another episode in the continuing adventures of the Bible live, yes. this annual journey through the book of books. Yes, and I want to give a, a, a quick little shout out sure. to William, who has his little boom box, and he had everything preset to AM 630. <laughs> Because he wanted to listen this evening, and so hi, that's, Will. Uh, that's go, my go grand boy. <laughs> that's my grand boy. We, we call him God's Will. God's Will. <laughs> yeah, that's right, William. Our God's Will. <laughs> so we uh, hi to him, and then hi to you folks, every one of you, wherever you might be tonight, uh, in the garage, or kind of who knows, messing around in the kitchen, or whatever you might be doing, uh, tooling around the streets and. Uh, highways and alleys of South Texas, San Antonio, South Texas. We're glad to have you along. Thank you for letting us be with you on this evening. We are continuing our way through the Bible. And where are we? We've we've read the books since uh, the 1st of November. We've read the book of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. Then we went to the New Testament and read the New Testament Gospel of Matthew, the first first book in the New Testament. Uh, just in time for Christmas and uh, coming on through the new year. And now we turn, uh, as we complete Matthew this last week, we finished it up with uh, on Monday evening, I think it was. And then we turned back to the Hebrew Scriptures and picked up at the book of Numbers. Numbers and Deuteronomy will be the next couple of books. And then we'll go back to the New Testament and pick up with the second book, the second of the four Gospels, the Gospel of Mark. So that's the way we do it each and every uh, week, each and every day, week of the year. Uh, we are making our way through the Bible, giving you the opportunity to hear the entire Bible every year. Now, we're, uh, our Bible reading program is no longer on the radio. We're doing that online now. You can go to thebiblelive.com thebiblelive.com or you can go to uh, kslr.com 
uh, here at this radio station, and you can go into there, uh, navigate through their uh, website, and find also the readings, the reading schedule, and the readings there on the Bible Live. So um, we're all about letting you hear the scriptures. So many people have said, "I, I want to someday. I want to read through the Bible myself, the whole Bible. Just never got around to it." Well, we're giving you a round to it. We're going to give you a chance to listen to the entire Bible every year with us and go through it with your friends, with your neighbors, with your family members. Uh, you can go, all th- go through it together and then discuss it together, Study the, have a Bible study in, during the week covering the passages that you've read. Or you can join us here on Sunday evening as well. And what Stacy and I will do is we'll be discussing tonight with you on the radio the chapters, the portions of Scripture we read this this past week. That would be Matthew 26 through 28, and then the book of Numbers, chapters 1 through 10. Uh, but we also read from the Psalms, Psalm 28 through 31, and Psalm 146. So we read the Psalms and Proverbs in a separate a portion of reading on our reading schedule. It's called the Wisdom and Worship segment of our daily readings, Monday through Friday. So uh, there you have it. I hope that you will join us. Consider joining us Monday through Friday. Go to thebiblelive.com. And there on that opening page, you can click. Well, there's a couple of things you can click on there. Uh, one is you can go and listen to uh, the Bible readings uh, in the past, any of the past week or year. You want to go back to that reading. Right there on the front page, though, is are, are the readings for this coming week, starting tomorrow, Monday through Friday. We'll continue our way through the book of Numbers. And also you can click on there. Um, you get to see Soapy. Uh, I'm a Mescalero Apache, full-blooded Native American from the, uh, the Apache tribe. And you can see me there in my what I call my Apache tuxedo, my buckskins there on the opening page. And if you click on that image, you can go to uh, <clears throat> the broadcast that I host called The Storyteller. It's a program on about a little over... Uh, 400 stations here in the United States and Canada, and especially going out to native uh, native people, native tribes, uh, over 300 tribes in, in North America, and uh, we are we have a, a program directed especially toward Native American people groups and Native American tribes. So you can go there as well if you'd like and and click on those. It's called the Storyteller because we feature with each um, program. Uh, a, a prominent Native American, uh, perhaps a leader in their different tribes, uh, a person of influence in their tribe and so on, but a number of people who have made, found their way to Jesus Christ. And they, have, and they tell their story of how they came to follow Jesus Christ without reservation, as we say. So uh, if you can do that as well on our website, thebiblelive.com. So uh, give it a try. I hope you'll join with us and uh, join with us tonight in particular if you're listening to this broadcast here in South Texas or perhaps by the Internet. Maybe you're listening from somewhere outside of our immediate area. Well, you still are welcome to give us a call. 210-340-9585. 210 is the area code 340-9585. And we'd be love to take your call. We'll put out some questions here on the radio here that you can answer and and maybe um, get a chance to test a little bit your Bible knowledge and uh, I would say Bible trivia, but 
my wife would get on to me. She would say, there's nothing trivia about the Bible, so don't call it <laughs> trivial. So uh, we won't do that. Uh, notice how I got around that. That was pretty tricky, right? Uh, anyway, we are into these books. We do have some questions for you. I have one question, though, that kind of um, it kind of summarizes a little bit our readings from Matthew and also uh, our readings into the book of Numbers. It's It's kind of a... It comes from Psalm 146, and this is a riddle. Mm-hmm. So if you'd like to uh, figure out a riddle, here, here's it. Riddle me this one, okay? Here we go. God gives many of us away, but he keeps every one of us forever. forever. God gives many of us away, but he keeps every one of us forever. What are we? Mm-hmm. All right. If you can answer that question, give me a call, 210-340-9585. God gives many of us away, but he keeps every one of us forever. Hmm. Sounds contradictory to me. I don't know. <laughs> Somebody might get it out there. Bil- Bilbo would like that. Yeah, well, oh, yeah, Bilbo and in, in Lord oh. of the Rings, right? <laughs> and they like to tell riddles. Mm-hmm. Well, let's go to... Um, Let's see here, Stace. What, how should we start? I, I, I could ask you a couple of questions to folks from the Psalms, uh, or at least one. I'll ask one other question besides the riddle. Uh, David says in Psalm 29, the psalmist, David, says, I am powerful, that I echo, I split, I shatter, I strike, I shake, I twist. And I strip. Wow. What in the world could this be? What am I? In Psalm 29, David says, I am powerful. I echo, split, shatter, strike, shake, twist, and strip. What am I? You can find that in Psalm 29. If you'd like to give us a call, 210-340-9585. And if you can figure out the riddle, God gives many of us away, but he keeps every one of us forever. What are we? Well, let's go to, let's see, we finished up the Gospel of Matthew. Maybe we should consider, we could finish our, our consideration sure. and talk about the Gospel of Matthew. Um, again, Stacy, Matthew is one of the disciples, one of the 12 disciples. He was a Levite mm-hmm. from the tribe of Levi. He was a tax collector. Mm-hmm. Uh and let's see, what else do we know about Levi? He wrote this gospel to, to uh, primarily to toward a Jewish audience. He was, uh, his perspective as he presents Jesus, as speaks of Jesus, is Je- he presents Jesus as king, king of Israel, the the, uh, the coming king. And so he majors on that. He uh, emphasizes a great number of biblical prophecies, there are over 300 prophecies of the Messiah in the Tanakh, in the Hebrew Scriptures, the Old Testament. Uh, Jesus is the central figure of the entire Bible. Uh, he is prefigured and foreseen in the Old Testament and revealed in the New. And one of the things my wife always brings out for us to understand, the Bible is truly one book, one one continual presentation it's actually 66 different books but one presentation one narrative throughout from beginning from genesis all the way to revelation beginning to end um 
it, uh, it, it is, we, we call them the Old and New Testaments, but th- there is one central figure, the main character of the entire Bible, Old and New Testaments, is the Messiah. Uh, the Lord uh, Jesus Christ. Jesus, the word Christ simply means uh, it's the Greek uh, transliteration of the Hebrew word Meshuach, the Messiah. So the central figure is the Messiah. The, symptive, the, the central message of the Bible is the redemptive plan of God for all of humanity. Uh, and, but it, it is revealed throughout, uh, throughout history over hundreds of years, about, four, about 14, 1,500 years that it covers and uh, the, in the Old Testament, the Hebrew scriptures that came before Messiah uh, was born, in the Old Testament, uh, the, the New Testament is in the Old Testament concealed, and the Old Testament is in the New Testament revealed. And so they, they are truly one continual narrative, one message, one redemptive plan of God, and, and we want to celebrate that, and, and uh, that's one thing we try to to help emphasize as we go through the Bible each and every year, the re- redemptive plan of God. I will be their God. They will be my people. It's the plan of God to draw out of the human race a people for himself. And uh, though, uh, it's a love relationship that God is seeking with, with his people. Uh, 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 in other words, a relationship of mutual choice. God has chosen to love us, to honor us, to redeem us, and we then choose to know him, to honor him, to acknowledge him, to serve him, to trust him as his people. So uh, as they have said many times, Christianity in its essence and its deepest understanding of the word of, of Christianity it's not a religion, a religious system. I know there is such a thing as a religious system, but in its essence, Christianity is not a religion fundamentally. It is a relationship. We are called into the, a relationship with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so uh, that that uh, is our message overall. And we'll we kind of look at that now as we look at these different passages. Mm-hmm. Um, let's start with the Gospel of Matthew yeah. and kind of I've given a little bit of an overview there. Mm-hmm. First of the Gospel, Christ the King emphasized. Anything you want to mention there, Stacey? Well, he took a lot of inspiration from Mark, and mm-hmm. so and then uh, uh, and and then his emphasis on the kingdom of heaven. He mentions it I think more than any of the other Gospels, and. Think that speaks to you know, he's writing. Primarily. Well, if you're going to write about the king, you got to write, write about, about his, his kingdom, kingdom right? That's okay. Right. And that, and he writes from. He makes a lot of really, uh, probably you know, profound statements, but not directly. He does that through recounting the parables of Jesus um, and speaking to what a kingdom of heaven then would look like, and so. Uh, he unifies in a lot of ways. He kind of breaks down walls and barriers, especially kind of the you know the the Jew and the Gentile wall. That was the big mm-hmm. you know concern at the time, and uh, but in a way that's very disarming and very um, very appealing. And it makes just a lot of you know it makes a lot of sense if you are going to speak about a king in a kingdom of heaven. In, in exactly like he said, there's going to be a people group, and what will that people group look like? And, mm-hmm. Well, that's uh, interesting you say that because, uh, and that is emphasized in the Gospel of Matthew and all the Gospels. In fact, Jesus talks about 
how we should treat each other, uh, how, how, you know, and, and to some degree, of course, that's what we find here in uh, in the Old Testament. We see in the book of Exodus, God has brought the people of Israel out of Egypt, out of bondage, out of slavery, and he is giving them a new identity as a people of God at, there at the base of Mount Sinai. And that's where we find the people of Israel. When we start the book of Numbers, that's where they are still there. The first 10 chapters uh, cover about three to four weeks, the last month of, about at the base of Mount Sinai. And then they, they break camp and they move on up uh, with the idea of going on into the promised land. But they have come out of Egypt. Uh, to go into with a purpose of going into and living now as a free people. And so much of what we've seen in um, after the book of Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy is is Moses and God through Moses teaching the people how they're supposed to treat each other, mm-hmm. how they're supposed to live now as free people. And which is interesting from what you said, because Jesus gives us that same emphasis in the Gospel of Matthew, and of course the other Gospels as well, where it's emphasized to us again and again how we should love one another, how we should treat each other, how we should treat those outside the faith still, uh, and of course uh, inviting and, and in encouraging them to come to faith, come into that relationship with God, inviting yeah. them to become part of the people of God. And in many ways, I mean, that is the denouement, is that the uh, that is where we enter in into the book of Matthew. That's where we we, are at the we crux. finished up at the, at the very last three or four chapters, yeah. Yeah, and so now we are at the very crux, the very heart of what that means. Mm-hmm. Is this going to be a conquering military king? Is this going to be... You know, and you know, and and that's where we are now. Matthew. 26. Are we going to be a little closed group and cloistered and and right. kind of a you know eternal uh, minority little group here? No, mm-hmm. we're to be uh, an outreaching group. We're to yeah. be making disciples. Right. So our our mandate at the end of Matthew, we're told uh, the great what right. is called the well, Great Commission. Yeah, but we're not quite even there yet. Right now, not where, yet. Where no. we open with the reading is 20, Matthew twenty six. In the garden in Gethsemane. Gethsemane. <laughs> That's right. And uh, and how you know and how does Jesus? I love this first question that you have. Actually, I'm going to read. It's not one of the ones that we were going to. But according to Matthew 26:30, what was the last thing Jesus and the disciples did after the Passover? So here they're still doing a Passover. Mm-hmm. All these years. We, after we, all, it uh, just started back in Leviticus, <laughs> and now here we see the Passover still being still, observed. One of the last things they they did. Uh, the Passover meal, but what was the last thing? Uh, and this time, after the Passover meal and before going out to Gethsemane, um, they sang a hymn. They sang a hymn. I love that. I, I read that for many years, and I just kind of passed over it. Passed over it. Then one time, it occurred to me, goodness, I, would, I wonder what Jesus sounded like. <laughs> yeah, right. That would have been a, these yeah. twelve twelve men. I wonder what Jesus's part was if they harmonized. If they, <laughs> hey, hey. Peter, you take a. You take the tenor section. Like, I could I'll, definitely I'll, see Peter as a tenor. <laughs> you be the bass and whatever. Uh, Peter no, I, I, I am curious. It, it would have been so interesting to uh, to so, hear Jesus sing. I, that would have. Yeah. And here, the, the and, and in terms of this kingdom of heaven, and as Jesus as the King, you know, especially these last um, couple chapters. I mean, this is chronicling the. The cross. This is chronicling how he acted and what he said, and what his emphasis was in these last 
um, in these last days uh-huh. of his ministry. And it, it's, it is fascinating, the things that Matthew writes down, and then, of course, um, the life of Jesus. This is not what you would, um, it wouldn't be necessarily what you would think and imagine, but, of course, once you see it, it makes so much sense. <laughs> It's just all, uh, well, of, of oh, course. Oh, yeah. Of course. Of yes. course. That's, That's always, as, even as a, as a young boy, as I, 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 knew, I knew about God, basically the way most of us learn about God is through natural or general revelation. I, I mean, I knew there was a creator, the sun, right. the moon, the stars, the beautiful sky, the breeze, and the, and the trees, and the, and the animal kingdom. I mean, oh, I wondered about God, the creator, the great spirit, where... Where are you? What are you like? And then when I began to be told about God, the creator, the great spirit, and how he spoke and he acted and he cared about me and he sent his own son, and I began to, could this be true? Could God, the more you look at it, the more you, it's true. I mean, the the evidence is so very powerful, so strong, Mm -hmm. uh, scripturally, biblically, it's an amazing, amazing thing that, that it's it's a it's a foundation uh, for our faith. Mm-hmm. You know that that we can know that God has spoken; He has acted on our behalf, and that we can have enjoy by faith a relationship with Him mm-hmm. through the work of the Messiah of right. this this long-awaited promised Redeemer. And I love how Matthew's account um, is not only does it make so much sense on that higher kind of level, but it's also very practical. Mm -hmm. It's, it's like you said, it's true. And, and the way something that would be true would be these little details or these things. And I love uh, Matthew alone of all the gospels tells how much money Judas got for betraying Jesus. Um, it was 30 pieces of silver. And that's, yeah, as a tax collector and as somebody that would, (laughs) Matthew probably would have been the only one that would, yeah. Recognize. I wonder if Judas. He's he's wondering if Judas is going to pay taxes right. on that. Yeah. Is he going to declare that as taxable income or not? You know. Uh, I you know I, I I like what you said there too when we were talking before the program about uh, this being a message for all people, a message for all. It's it's not some cloistered little special group, but for every. And I saw that a little bit in in the um, in the story of Barabbas. In chapter 27 of Matthew, uh, we're told that there is there is a tradition there in, in uh, Jerusalem that on this particular date, they would release someone from prison, uh, and and people would think, well, there, he's going to release Jesus, but the but the crowd called out for him to release a man named Barabbas, who was a real criminal, uh, and, and he was released instead of Jesus. Which, which is kind of interesting in, its, in and of itself as a story. But then if you look at the name of Barabbas, <laughs> it, the name means Bar. Of course, we know that Simon Bar Jonas, Simon, son of. Uh, and, and then Abba, we know his father. So his name was son of a father. <laughs> so he was kind of any man. You know, it, it, Barabbas, I think, kind of becomes a picture of any human being, all of us. Our yeah. son of a father, yeah. and and in some ways, oh, he was set free instead oh. of Jesus. In that, it's kind of a nice picture of what God has done for us. We have been set free now. Mm-hmm. Jesus took our our punishment. He took the uh, the consequences of our sin and rebellion. Uh, he who knew no sin became sin for us, 
and then we now have been set free. We are Barabbas. We, as sons of men, humanity set free. And, and of course, we see that same thing, that same picture in uh, the Old Testament, the people of Israel set free uh, from bondage to, to slavery in Egypt and now set free to live and move as a free people, the people of God. Oh, I guess we could go on and on. We, we have uh, just finishing up the consideration of Matthew, but it ends with chapter 28, this great commission where God, uh, Jesus tells his followers to, uh, to go out and make disciples. That's the only imperative verb in the great commission. Uh, as you go, in other words, as you're going around the world, as you're going in about your lives, make disciples, teaching others, baptizing them, uh, those are those are participles, but the central verb, the one great command in the Great Commission, is that as God's people, we are committed to making uh, making disciples. That means winning, building, and sending others to help win, build, and send still others to build the kingdom of God, the people of God. And so that's why today around planet Earth, uh, you know, billions of people, uh, over a billion people. Uh, know the name of Jesus, and in some way, shape, or form, at some level, honor the name of Jesus and, and follow after him. Uh, so because of the faithfulness of others to make disciples over these hundreds and hundreds of years. So that's what we see. The book ends with that great disciple, with that great commission. And Jesus says, I, will, I am with you always. Throughout that whole process, I'm going to be with you and guide you, and I will I want you to teach new disciples to obey all of my commands, all the commands I have given you, and that includes this command, the Great Commission. So that's how the book ends, the Gospel of Matthew, the king and his kingdom, and now we as part of his kingdom are made ambassadors of the king to go out and recruit still others, to bring others into the God's kingdom and build them and, and free them and, and, and equip them, enabling them to bring still others into God's kingdom. That's, that is the kingdom of God, and that's the kingdom work that we are involved in, all of us together. Well, the, uh, we move then from Matthew to the book of Numbers in the Hebrew Scriptures, and we'll pick up on that when we come back. We're going to take a quick break in just a moment. And let me see, we've only got, oh, I guess, a few seconds left, but we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back and start out with the book of Numbers. Remember, you have a couple of questions. I am powerful, I echo, split, shatter, strike, shake, twist, and strip. What am I? Look in Psalm 29 for the answer to that question. And then this riddle, God gives many of us away, but he keeps all of us forever. What are we? You can answer those questions. Give us a phone call, 210-340-9585. 210-340-9585. Don't go away. Carried far away, and precious blood has washed away the stain. So sing to Jesus, sing to Jesus, sing to Jesus. Dr. Stan Shelton, with offices at Loop 410 and Broadway, has taken care of the Dollar family that's Suzanne and me, plus our three children, for the past 25 years. Suzanne, tell the folks about our dentist. 
Well, like you say, Dr. Shelton is a dentist for a lifetime. He's got the latest technology. He's busy, but I've never had to wait. And I never dread going to the dentist. In fact, he and his staff are so personable that I actually rather enjoy it. Go to drshelton.com or call 590 Listening to the Bible live with Soapy Dollar. All right, we are back. Thank you for joining us here on the Bible Live broadcast. We are back, ready to get started. Now, our consideration, Stacy and I are talking about the book of Numbers tonight. We finished up the Gospel of Matthew this past week on Monday night, and then we came to the book of Numbers, uh, the Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, the fourth book in the <laughs> Old Testament in the Tanakh, the Hebrew Scriptures. And we read the first 10 chapters. So let's get into the book of Numbers in the first place. Why is it called the book of Numbers? Mm -hmm. A lot of people, Numbers, that's a funny name for a book. And Stacy is going to tell us why it's called the book of Numbers. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it opens with them taking a census. And so they are numbering the people. Mm -hmm. So it is the book of Numbers. There's two census taken. One at Uh, the beginning, one at the the end, right? So one is that first generation out of Exodus, uh, yeah, of Egypt. Um, And then, and it does not include, let's say, the women, uh, children under, was it? 20. 20, okay. Mm -hmm. And then the Levites. And so this is, and it it came to 550. Is that that, that right? Is that right? (laughs) A a few more, 603,000. 550. Was, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> you know there was a 550 I in there, there somewhere. And I also knew that that was too little. So uh, I really, yes, I did yeah, that. 550 um, people. 630,550. That was young, That was men over 20 years of age, yeah. men of, of battle age. And uh, that was why they took the count, was that yeah. it was in preparation for war, actually. They had come... They had been brought out of Egypt to go into the promised land. So they, they were brought out to go in. And we've got to remember that as God's people. We're brought out of our bondage to sin, but we're to go into a life of victory and, and to walk in victory and, and uh, walk in joy and delight. So we, we don't want to be just uh, content with just coming out, and, of being forgiven of right. our sin. And, and to of go course, back in with purpose. With purpose, yeah, exactly right. That's God's plan mm-hmm. is not only justification, in other words, delivering us from the penalty of sin, but his plan now is to deliver us from the power of sin. And that's what we see. Um, I'd, see I, I'd say that's the picture, the primary picture that comes out of the book of Numbers uh, uh, after the people... 
Leviticus and Numbers, after the people come out of Egypt, is now that God God is teaching them how to walk and how to live as free men and women, how to live in victory uh, and to help overcome even not only out of a bondage of sin, but even the consequences. Now we're learning how to live like free people should live Mm -hmm. uh, and and with generosity, with love toward others, with consideration, with generosity, uh, all of these things. So that's that's what is being emphasized here. And the book of Numbers, uh, they've been at the base of Mount Sinai for one year, Mm -hmm. uh, about 13 months actually. Uh, The first 10 chapters of the book of Numbers uh, basically takes place in about the first three weeks, three to four weeks, uh, the last three to four weeks b- at, before they leave uh, Mount Sinai and start the journey up to the promised land, up to Canaan again, to go in and to conquer and to uh, to take possession of the land that their forefather Abraham had purchased mm-hmm. centuries before, 400 years earlier. Uh, Abraham, remember we read about it, where he purchased that land for for to bury uh, Sarah, mm-hmm. and he purchased that land and was going back into the promised land now that God had promised way back to Abraham that uh, this land i 'm going to take you to a land that I, I will give to your your descendants uh, and, and uh, so we see all of that uh, uh, predicted in Genesis chapter fifteen, mm-hmm. and now the people have set out uh, going north. Uh, here in the on a book journey of numbers. that should have taken only about how long? Well, actually, with with two million people, I, I understand it's only about a three three to four day journey. Remember that Elijah in the Old Testament yeah. one time went from Man, right, from right. Israel uh-huh. down to Mount Horeb, Mount, right. another name for Sinai. Mm-hmm. He went in in three days. So, but he <laughs> oh, was cool. fleeing. He was running one person. But of course, you got a big camp. You got <laughs> two million people. It takes. It takes 40 years. It takes 40 years. <laughs> Naturally. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. No, but it should have taken maybe uh, a, weeks, a week or two, yeah. maybe uh, 11 days, as some people have said. But, uh, yeah, they run into a problem, and we'll see that as we make yeah. our way through the book of Numbers. Well, and one of the things, I mean, mm-hmm. I, uh, it's called Numbers, and um, and I think that that certainly is established because of the census. But one of the things that I saw in readings and in the theme of numbers is how important a cal. I mean, they established a calendar. Um, yes. Very, oh, mean, yeah. I'm sure they had a calendar already, but there's a lot of um, dates and dates of the month. And well, the now Passover, they begin to keep the calendar. They, they're keeping <laughs> a calendar, and which is also numbers. And in large part, it also is a symbol of time. And it, right. it's interesting how something that should have only, you know, should have, I guess, but been a certain amount of time gets multiplied tenfold, uh, 40-fold. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, it, it's an interesting, and I, I, I just, it's an interesting thing how that sort of beginning of the clock, I imagine it like a clock ticking and, uh, you know, you think of that clock even in Peter Pan, right, and, and time, and right. what time symbolized, and how, you know, and, and then, of course, in Matthew, and, and then cutting, of course, to the New Testament, and Jesus, uh, and what he does with 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 time. He And I guess, ultimately, when you think of a clicking, to- a clicking clock, or a ticking <laughs> clock, there or, you go. Or a clicking talk. <laughs> Either way, hey, it works. Yeah. <laughs> a ticking clock. 
Um, we think of this sort of anxious passage of time, and at the end of it, we think death, and that death is this ultimate um, uh, uh, enemy. Mm-hmm. And how Jesus, the culmination is, he does away with that. He does away with yeah. uh, it in, in this, uh, and with the calendar, it, kind of. Um, yeah, all of that. that. There's so that many came. things that can come out. Uh-huh. Yeah, truly, there are. Uh, they were given a calendar, we know. Uh, we started with uh, the date of the Passover, so many time, days after the first of a new, of a new year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were given other festival days. And almost all of the festival days they're given are truly festive. They're celebratory. They are to feast. They're to be happy times and yes. take off of work and be with the family. Almost yes. all of them. Every one of, They were not... And sober and sad, you know. So now there, there were those times. Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. There was a meditative and and a somber period, uh, fasting and recognition of our sin before God and His forgiveness. But but most, almost all of the festival days were indeed festive. They were celebratory, and so I'm I'm guessing the people didn't mind too much you getting a day off from work and yeah, you know, staying home with the family <laughs> that that does bring me back to our uh, your your comment that brings me back to that first question i asked about um yeah. in the uh, let me see what what was is the riddle the riddle question uh I'm, i guess i'm going to answer it no one has called in 210-340-9585 god gives many of us away but he keeps every one of us forever. And as you just mentioned, Stacy, the answer to that riddle is God's promises. What are we? They are God's promises. He gives many of his promises away to us, many, many promises we find in the scriptures, and he keeps every one of them. And we know that God keeps his promises. We'll see that in the book of Numbers. God gives his promises to his people and and blessing and also Bad consequences, you know, uh, bad things are going to happen when you don't honor me, when you don't obey my commands, when you don't trust me. And we see he keeps those promises as well. So we we get a picture here in the book of Numbers of, of, to some degree, of of the Christian life. In other words, we now have come into a relationship with God. We've been set free from the bondage of sin uh, taken out of the kingdom of darkness, out of the kingdom of sin, brought into the kingdom of God's dear son, into the kingdom of God. And now we, we're learning to live as God's people, learning to trust God, obey God, learning to love others, uh, learning to love our brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, and others outside the faith as well, how we ought to treat one another, be honest in our dealings and, and, and uh, considerate, and essentially live our lives the same way Jesus the Messiah did, Giving his, pouring his life out in service to God and to others. That's to be, that's to be the model for our lives, and so we'll we'll see that in the book of Numbers as well. That we're now, we're now God's people, living in God's way as He commands us to live. So uh, let's get in, look at the book of Numbers. We can see the census taken. The people are camped beneath Mount Sinai, but now they leave. They are numbered, 603,550. This is the first of two, two census that are taken, one at the beginning of the book and one at the end. Um, right after the counting, they are organized uh, into tribal groups. They continue to keep, they are, there is plurality even in their 
oneness and unity, which is interesting to me. I've always thought of that a little bit like perhaps a little bit like the idea of denominational. You know, we have Methodists and Baptists. I've got spirit. Yes, I do. (laughs) (laughs) He's so handsome. I've got spirit. Yes, I do. Um, who's got spirit? I've got because spirit more got than. Yes, we do. We've spirit. got spirit more. Oh, how about you? There you go. Yeah. <laughs> and so you can just see the, you know, the yeah. Levites saying that to the, <laughs> yeah, the, the to the tribe of Judah. The Judah. We've got Holy Spirit. Yes, we do. <laughs> yeah, we've got. Well, there anyway. you go. So that was the idea. Right. I, I don't know. The, the Bible doesn't tell us that's the exact comparison, but there's great freedom within the body of Christ, within the people of God, to. To, to each of us, obviously we are divided into language groups and cultural groups, and it's very natural for people. Um, it kind of keeps some accountability, too. Yeah. And, and this also harkens back to, uh, well, and also the gifts. You know, you mm-hmm. kind of think of the, sure. the body of Christ and each having a gift and a unique thing. That's, and the tribes. Um, There's diversity within the right. oneness, within the unity. Uh-huh. And it harkens to... Uh, Jacob, when he's giving the blessings to mm-hmm. his sons, and to mm-hmm. kind of the specific um, uh, talent or blessings. Well, know. that's when we learn. And okay. what is it? Uh, Genesis chapter forty-nine. Remember, uh, Jacob is blessing his sons, mm-hmm. and that's when we learn. For example, we see in that chapter forty-nine that Judah, Judah. is pointed out by uh, by Jacob to be the the, the royal. Mm-hmm. Uh, tribe out of you that would be the tribe out of which the kings of Israel the would come. Will not depart and from Judah. Mm-hmm. That's why we see Jesus, the Messiah, was from the tribe of the line of the tribe of Judah, mm-hmm. uh, and so on, because he comes from the lineage of David, mm-hmm. King David and Solomon, and so on. So, uh, so tribes are still. It all ties together. Life. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, like I say, it's one continual narrative, and if you keep your eye on it, you. It's just a beautiful, beautiful mosaic of God's mm-hmm. redemptive plan and the central character being that Messiah, the, the, the Savior, the one that he promised to send. And, think, and speaking of central, in terms of the organization mm-hmm. and how they were to march at the center was... At the very center of the two million people the organized by their tribes, mm-hmm. uh, the tribe of Judah out front, you know, and so on. But then you have right in the center was... The tabernacle, mm-hmm. this this uh, symbol of the presence of God in their midst, mm-hmm. uh, uh, guiding them. They would, uh, the tabernacle would guide them in when to make camp, mm-hmm. when to break camp. You know, when they would rise up and move on, or when they were going to stay in camp. Uh, there was a, a pillar of fire by night that could be seen, and a cloud by day that went up from the tabernacle. Um, we don't know the nature of that necessarily. Uh, it may have been, remember, the altar was kept burning continually, never put out. So maybe the fire goes up, and at night it appears in the fire by day, a cloud by day, uh, by day a pillar of fire by night, maybe that. Uh, uh, but whatever, it, it, was, it gave guidance to the people of Israel now as they moved through the wilderness uh, area. Now, this wilderness wandering that we're going to get to in a moment, you may wonder, why did he call it a wandering? Well... Like Stacy said, 11-day journey turned into a 40-year journey, and it, so it was wandering. They were wandering in the wilderness, and that becomes a picture of our wandering now in this world. We are not, we're told in the scriptures, this world is not our home. Ultimately, our home is with God in glory in heaven forever, to be with him and his people. Uh, uh, but, but here we are in this world, 
some people in, in our work with the military, uh, we work with basic trainees going into the Air Force, uh, hundreds and hundreds, thousands of them every year. And uh, they often remind us that, that the Christian life here the, is basic, like basic training. We're, they say, well, this is, the Bible is basic instructions before leaving earth, B-I-B-L-E. And so we have that picture. <laughs> we get that idea that we too now are in basic training here on the earth, learning how to follow God, learning how to trust God, learning how to, to live as the people of God uh, in, in preparation for an eternity with him and with his people. So we can, we got a lot to learn from the book of Numbers yeah. and from all of these Old Testament books. Uh, they they are instructions for us, as I we know, said. Right? Yeah, and not only just the organization, but I, um, it, this is in Numbers chapter 5, 11 through 15, um, the emphasis on, so as they were preparing you know, for war, I guess there was the first priority mm-hmm. was preparing them for worship. The second priority was to safeguard the moral and spiritual purity of the nation, especially as regards, um, should we make it a question or should I? <laughs> no, I think you should go right ahead and tell what, yeah. this is a very important yes, point it is, as regards uh, in God's preparing yeah. them to, to go into the promised land. Uh, of course, it, it had to do with war. So they were, the first priority was to safe to organize them for worship. Yeah. And that's why we f- function at, uh, our, our crew, military ministry, that's why we work with the chaplains in our uh, Air Force and the Marines and the Army and the Navy. Uh, it's important, these men and women, th- Bill Bright pointed out years ago, who, no one should have a greater priority to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and the opportunity to know God and have peace with God. No one should have a priority before the men and women who put their lives in danger, who put them, who stand between us and danger and enemies, those who uh, put their li- their very lives in harm's way every day. That's well, part of their I life. Think it too rec- they deserve yeah. that opportunity well, to hear I, the gospel. I think it recognizes the the human human nature. I mean, in terms of if you are going to put your life on the line, it's it's very. With with any real meaning and with a um, and not as especially uh, fearlessly and and with something to live for, mm-hmm. you cannot um, abandon or, or assume that meaning and purpose. It can't isn't at the heart of that. In mm-hmm. other words, and at the very heart of each of us is a person as a worshipful person mm-hmm. we are created to worship mm-hmm. and so and, and to have that assurance of a spiritual yeah. relationship with god that even if, if if in this world we do make that ultimate sacrifice mm-hmm. we know that we have a place with god forever and among his people sure, and and it's that's, important. It's no one needs to know that and has more right to know that than the men and women who serve us in our united states mm-hmm. military that's why i'm so proud that we get to minister in the way we do uh, there with the uh, basic trainees going into the Air Force. It's a wonderful privilege. Right. Well, and it, it would make sense, I mean, it, uh, to have uh, I mean, those who are most capable and willing would be have a piece about what yes. is right and wrong and mm-hmm. who God is and what his purposes are. And, uh, yeah. and, and, and in other words, the importance of it. And you wouldn't necessarily make that natural connection. I don't 
think. I mean, it wouldn't be something that you would um, just naturally think. Hmm. Oh, I'm Maybe preparing not for that war. But I've got to make what, sure they need mm-hmm. to know how to worship. But, but that is the you, order that God, yes. as God prepares Israel for war, as you said, his first priority was to organize them for worship. Mm-hmm. And that that's very interesting that you make that. It's a very that human nature. It's very um, anthropo- mm-hmm. I mean, uh, yeah, anthropologically, that makes sense. Yeah, it does. But the second was to safeguard the, the moral and spiritual purity of the nation, mm-hmm. especially the basic institutions of their of their society, which first and foremost comes to marriage and the family. And so we see in chapter 5 uh, of the book of Numbers, God, uh, Moses, speaking to the people, begins to talk about protecting marital faithfulness, building up confidence and trust between husbands and wives, preserving that trust and so on, and, and uh, strengthening uh, the the family the marriage relationship so that that's something that we should have our hands our heads around as well in terms of our own culture our own society do all we can to preserve the 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 viability and the strength of our of our families and the family has taken a really big hit in the United States over the last few decades uh 5 or 6 decades in fact uh, a lot has been done that has weakened the foundation of the American family uh and so many have suffered from that, from the you know, the, the divorce and separations and so on. Not and God can American work family. there. God can yeah. work there, uh, still. But but ideally, though, we want to have committed marriages and family, children growing up in the protection of of a whole family, being loved and nurtured uh, in their faith, and, and of course nurtured in, in every on all of the development. So that's what we see take place in the book of Numbers. Uh, starting in chapter five, mm-hmm. uh, is there anything else that we might want to mention? Uh, just coming up to then. Uh, oh, back in one thing we ought to mention is back. Some are, some people may remember back in Egypt, when they were coming out of Egypt, God says, "Now that the firstborn of every family belongs to Him," mm-hmm. and so uh, as they come out of Egypt, then they have that idea that the firstborn of every family is is, is is given, offered to the Lord, they belong to the Lord uh, to serve him and to serve the family. What we're going to see now as we move into the book of Numbers is that is replaced, the concept is there, but that God uh, replaces the firstborn of each family with a tribe, the tribe of Moses and Aaron, the Levites. So the Levites then are taken as a substitute for the firstborn son of every, uh, every Israelite. The the Levites are now chosen. They are going to be the tribe that serves the Lord. They're going to be the ones who serve the rest of the country, the rest of the other tribes, mm-hmm. their spiritual needs, and serving them uh, as as priests and uh, and administrators for the spiritual, for the temple, and for the worship of God. So that's why whenever they do organize to travel, you have the tribes all around the organized by tribes around the tabernacle, but. Immediately around the tabernacle, surrounding the tabernacle itself, is the tribe of Levi. Mm-hmm. The Levites did that. And uh, every Levite was not a priest. Only the sons of Aaron were the priests, the priesthood. Only the, Le- only the sons of Aaron were the priesthood. But all, uh, all of the Levites served the Lord in some way. Others just carried the tabernacle or they repaired the tabernacle, kept it a good repair. Uh, later on, they became gatekeepers and ushers and musicians yeah. and so on in different ways they served the worship of God in 
the nation of Israel. Well, we've about used up our time for this segment, I think, uh, but we're going to come back and finish out the book of Numbers. Uh, we've kind of given an introduction, at least the first ten chapters. We've given about a, a synopsis of the first ten chapters. We still have one question out there for you, and that is, um, David says, I am powerful. What am I? I echo, I split, shatter, strike, shake, twist, and strip. What am I? In Psalm 29, what is the answer to that riddle? What, what is it that is powerful, echoes, splits, shatters, strikes, shakes, twists, and strips? If you can answer that question, give us a call, 210-340-9585. We'll come back and continue our consideration, our thoughts about uh, the book of, of, of um, Numbers, yeah. numbers and, and particularly up to chapter 10. I'm tempted to go a little further, but we kind of kind of keep a little bit for next week when we... Finish the book this coming week. So don't go away. We'll be back in a moment. I guess I'm supposed to. Um, We're not I just used keep to talking. Time. <laughs> I've never <laughs> had time at the end of a segment before. Uh, uh, Stacy, turn it to you. Anything I forget to say there? <laughs> oh well, you did speak a little bit of the um, the Levites, mm-hmm. and I do love that uh, the blessing, the the ironic bless, ironic, yeah. not ironic. May the Lord bless you. Yes protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor favor, and give you his peace. And the so ironic blessing. And that's the first time so that is established in the book of Numbers. Yeah. And I, I love how there are all these um, firsts, actually, in Numbers. That's right. Which would make sense. There's our music. There's our music. <laughs> we got it done. Got Thanks, folks. Give us a call, 210-340-9585. And don't go away, though. We'll be right back. A in their heart. You're listening to the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. He won't let you down. And I know. This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. The Bible like Live is back. This is our final segment uh, for the evening. We're finishing up our consideration and comments about the book of Numbers, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and now the book of Numbers. Uh, just as the people of Israel leave Mount Sinai to go up to Canaan to 
go into the promised land. They had come out of bondage to sin and to 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 uh, of bondage of slavery in Egypt to go into the land of Canaan uh, and as free people. And so everything looks good. Everything's going well, but then we hit a little bit of a snag in the process. And what we're going to see here in the book of Numbers is a picture in some ways of of our own lives as God's people. We've come out of the bondage of sin. We've be, we've we've come into a relationship with God through Christ, but now we have to learn how to walk and live as free men and women. We have to learn to to live as the people of God. Now, what we find out, though, is that God will keep all of his promises, the promises he has made to us, just as he keeps his promises to the people of Israel. He has made a covenant a relationship with Abraham and, and the people of Israel, and he's going to keep his promises to them. Uh, but at the same time, his people can and will experience the consequences of their own decisions, right and wrong. So we're... It's not going to be, um, you know, kind of a fairyland tale. It's going to be a tale, a reality tale of men and women, failures, uh, many failures, coming back, being being picked up by God, forgiven, dusted us off. And sometimes we experience the difficulties, uh, illnesses, uh, defeats in our life. But then God keeps his promises, but we still experience the consequences of our decisions. So... Uh, so we've got to have those two things. We have to watch both of those and learn from both of those as we make our way through the book of Numbers and indeed through the entire uh, Old Testament, the Hebrew Scriptures. Um, let's talk a little bit about the Nazarite vow. That's mentioned in chapter 6 of Numbers. Uh, they had the priesthood. We've already talked about the uh, Aaronic priesthood, the, the tribe uh, of the Levites, of the lineage of Aaron, they were to be the the, uh, the uh, priests, the ones who, uh, and, and the head priest had to be a descendant of Aaron himself. But then the others uh, in the in the Levitical tribe, there were also other branches. What are they called? Um, Kohathites. Kohathites, yeah. Koath. Um, where did I have the those Ger- written? Gershonites. Gershon and uh, the other Mar- son. Marar. Marari, yeah, mm-hmm. and those that come from those three lines, they were also Levites, but they were not priests. They took care of the administrative needs. They kept physically. They took care of the tabernacle, its repair and its upkeep. Mm-hmm. They would transport the Ark of the Covenant and the other uh, parts of the tabernacle, and so they they had their ta- and they took on responsibilities as well for many of the social and health concerns of the nation. Uh, they helped in some of the judgments and, and providing some of the legal, uh, uh, some level of legal coverage for the people of Israel as well. So the the, the, Levit, the tribe of the Levites did turn into a service, a servant tribe to the other tribes of of Israel. And so, uh, but there was, there was also opportunity for men and women who came from the other tribes, if they felt the calling of God on their lives, if a young man grew up and wanted to serve God and was was felt God was calling him to serve Him in some way, uh, they they had I guess what we would today call parachurch. Uh, they have they had the Nazarite vow. In other words, they could uh, these were men and women who were not Levites but did feel a call of God to ministry. 
And so that would take on different characteristics, sometimes preaching, teaching, uh, other different uh, areas of ministry. We know of, of at least three people that seems clearly from Scripture had uh, were under a Nazarite vow. Uh, that would be, I remember Samuel, remember the son of Hannah, mm-hmm. a, and uh, he served under Eli. He became the first of the of the uh, as a transition from from priest to the prophets being the leaders. Leave, uh, Samuel was a, a transitional uh, individual in that period. So you had Samuel. Who are some of the others that may have been? Um, well, Samson. Samson. Samson, of course. We we know him specifically. And then uh, John the Baptist, of course, mm-hmm. was also under a Nazarite mm-hmm. vow. Real quickly, I think that's interesting. Uh, it was men or women. Just uh, Exactly I, right. I, mm-hmm. Exactly right. The, we have a story one of the uh, about a, a girl that was placed under a vow mm-hmm. uh, now interestingly, the woman could take the the woman 's husband could get them out from under the vow, which was an interesting uh, difference made there uh, or father uh, husband or father could do that uh, that 's an interesting we 'll we'll talk about that perhaps when we get to that section where that is made uh, that is made clear. Uh, let's see, There's the prohibitions of a Nazarite, in order to take that vow, they no alcohol, no cutting of the hair, and no approaching a dead body. So I guess that means Jesus was not under a Nazarite <laughs> vow. I, I once thought maybe Jesus, but then no. He hair. had a lot of haircuts. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think so. He, uh, he, he turned water to wine. They had Passover the supper, <laughs> yeah. And uh, he interrupted more than a... More than a few funerals. <laughs> uh, so, but anyway, we do see the Nazarite vow uh, all the way down to the time of John the Baptist, for example, uh, and perhaps even others. Uh, let's see what else did we cover that might be helpful here in the book of Numbers. Well, I, I guess, I mean, again, I... This is all, it, it does feel a little bit tedious. And as it would, uh, you know, you're just talking about preparing and anybody. This is them getting ready for a trip. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is them uh, establishing the, the rules in the car. Where are we going to stop along the way? Yes, you know, yes. What are we, uh, whose <laughs> role is what? Who's going to navigate? Who's going to provide entertainment? You know, I mean, this is them getting ready for a, a road trip. Right, and, and, well, more than that, they're getting ready for war. And, right, I mean, yeah. they didn't know right. starting out Sorry, there at I, Mount Sinai, they didn't know that it was going to be 40 years. Right. They were just going to go for a yeah. 10 or 11 day trip. They would get up yeah. to Canaan. They were going to go into the promised land and there they would be in Canaan and they would inherit yeah. you know, the promise of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob and all of those yeah. centuries they've been waiting for this and Wow, it's going to happen, you know. That's and uh, right. the big thing was, you know, how we're going to live when we get there. That's the lessons being taught. Mm-hmm. But we're going to find out in the book of Numbers that they it doesn't go flawlessly. Right. Uh, once and they get there, they're not ready to make the big step. Mm-hmm. And this part does feel a little bit tedious. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, of course, it's so important. I mean, like you said, I mean, if you're preparing for war, thinking of all of those, you know, thinking of those things and... Uh, and of course, God is leading them, and so making sure that they are hearing correctly and doing everything correctly as they 
approach this. this uh, yeah, that is interesting. And always, well, like I said, we have the luxury of hindsight, so we we know what that preparation, what it actually does look like, and that it mm-hmm. turns into four years. Well, we do have but to try to put ourselves in their place, though, and uh, using our imagination. Mm-hmm. We have to, in some ways, it it was more than just preparing for a trip. Right. I I assume that they knew that it probably was not going to be a cakewalk, that they were not just going to walk in and everything is all yeah. cleared out for, and they just go in. So I assume that they knew that that war was in the ma- I mean, they were going to have to fight. Mm-hmm. I, I assume, that's one reason why they had to number the people was to find out how many fighting men were available uh, to them as they made this journey. Uh, and so I, I would imagine that that in itself sombered the journey a little bit, mm-hmm. that made it a little bit serious mm-hmm. you know as they traveled people were you know getting their weapons ready they were preparing mm-hmm. i would imagine it's i'm just trying to think though, of what you, it would be like you don't get that sense. i mean it's not it doesn't feel like i mean i guess as we get closer to you know, yeah. joshua we, we tend to think of joshua or, or you know the jericho or gideon you know i mean when we think of sort of getting ready for war um this this has definitely more of a feel of nation building and getting ready for civil of of it for being a nation, mm-hmm. not necessarily for uh, war. But you're you're right. Um, it seems not quite in, intuitive, but um, but I guess that's where they had to say, Lord, your you know, your ways are are higher than our ways. <laughs> yeah, we only read up until chapter 10. 10 right, with the and, and it's not until we get to chapters uh, 10, 11, 12, and 13, for example, that's when they, the people rebel. Right. That's when kind of the rubber meets the road and they finally realize, hey, this is not going to be easy. Although we don't, they don't know it's not going to be easy because later on when they do enter the promised land, God gives them this incredible victory over uh, uh, Jericho. And, and right. so, I mean, but, but they don't know that. They're having to live yeah. by uh-huh. faith. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, anybody can, any, can anybody identify with that? Mm-hmm. Sometimes it, living by faith is not always easy because it's by faith. Mm-hmm. We don't see necessarily uh, what God is going to do, if he's going to keep hard. his promises, right. if he's going to come through. And I, I suspect that all they saw were these warlike people in the land. They were like giants, and we're like grasshoppers to them. And wow, that we're going to get slaughtered. We're going to get. We're going to have to. Some, many of us are going to die. And, and so they they didn't count on God. God is there. He is going to give us the victory. Now Caleb and Joshua do, but the ten other spies. Right. And it is so very human, and I. Like oh yeah, very it, very human, very, too human, yeah. too soapy like. <laughs> to be well, honest, and um, but in and in many ways though, um, what a what a testimony though it is for us to be able to read back and and read this and see ourselves in it and to know He is faithful and that He does keep His promises. I mean, even. You know, skipping you know back up to to Paul in Romans, mm-hmm. you know, talking about uh, numbers was it doesn't say numbers, but this word is is given to us so that we can we can know this is for our benefit. Where is the, that? I was wondering about yeah, the other day. That was uh, in chapter I think it's fifteen. It's Romans. Um, 
Yeah, where, where Paul yeah. says that these 15, things that happened were for our instruction, for mm -hmm. our encouragement or whatever. It's 15.4. Okay, mm -hmm. I'm going to try to find that because I, I think it's a good verse to remember when we're reading. You got it there? Oh, I'm <laughs> We're having a Bible yeah, what's that? contest what here to see if I can. I'm in 15. I'm okay, go there. ahead. Okay. Uh, such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us, and the scriptures gave us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. May God, who gives this patience and encouragement, help you live in complete harmony with each other as is fitting for followers of Christ Jesus. We who are strong must uh, be considerate of those who are sensitive about these things. This is Romans mm -hmm. 15, um, but specifically for uh, 15 verse 4. Yeah, these things were written long ago to teach us, to mm -hmm. instruct us. Mm -hmm. and, 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 of course, we've mentioned that all along, that we can learn an all, a whole lot as God's people today, as followers of Jesus the Messiah. Some of these same principles are in we're having to walk and live by faith mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. And so we, we uh, see this. Uh, let me mention one thing. I, I was talking about the Nazarites, no alcohol, no cutting of the hair. I, the principle there, it seems to me, I just thought of this, that, there was there was a higher standard for those who followed God for followed a calling of God on their life. They now we don't know exactly why no alcohol or no cutting of the hair. Some of these things were simply to distinguish them and that they had that calling on their life. But um, the, the, there obviously was somewhat of a higher calling, a higher standard for those who follow the Lord. Not not that they live as supermen, and I, I would take that even today. For our pastors and teachers and missionaries, there's a little bit of a higher standard. We expect we expect pastors and others to to uh, not to be perfect by any stretch, and they they sin and they fall and they falter and they have their struggles as well. And we need to know that and understand that. But at the same time, there are certain, and we see in the New Testament, there are certain behaviors and uh, uh, lifestyles that if they move into that that would eliminate them from being able to serve in the in the church or in the body of Christ. And the same thing we see a little bit here with the Nazarites. There, there is a, in some way a, a higher calling and higher uh, expectations from those who would serve the Lord in that way. I don't want to emphasize that too much because I fall under that category, but, <laughs> but, it, but it is true, and I, I think it, yeah. it is probably appropriate. Let's mention also um, the tribes gave, the tribal leaders gave, led out in giving an offering to the Levites uh, in their work in serving the people, which I, I thought was interesting in chapter 7 mm -hmm. of Numbers. They gave six carts and 12 oxen, very practical gifts, to the Gershonites and the Merarites for their work in transporting the tabernacle and that's the, the things that they had to do. Uh, an offering was involved, and the people gave generously. Um, and then Aaron is to light the lamps in the tabernacle, in chapter 8, Aaron is instructed to light the uh, there, a lampstand with seven lanterns, uh, seven uh, candles in it, in the tabernacle, in the, uh, holy, uh, in the holy place. And that lampstand was given very specific instructions on how it was to be made. A right. gold hammered out, a single uh, gold, uh, almond leaves are to be the, mm -hmm. the holder. Um, and it gave light to the the mm -hmm. priests in there whenever they went into the holy place. Uh, there was the show the the show, table of showbread and so on. It, 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 maybe it was a little place for for 
for uh, meditation and prayer. Uh, maybe it was a place for a, a slight rest from their because they would continually day after day uh, going out and they were hearing and they were, you know, offering the, giving the offerings that the men and women would right. bring uh, for their uh, sacrifices to the Lord as a work of, of service, as a, an expression of worship. And then, of course, they were preparing even some of that meat was used for to give bread to the Levites and their families. So there was a lot of work involved, and so they had a little place of rest, cool, mm -hmm. but there was a light in that room, and it was this, this seven uh, seven branches. It was called, a, what we, I think today it's called the menorah, which, mm -hmm. which uh, had the meaning of, I think it linguistically came from the word light mm -hmm. to light. Uh, and, and, of course, it's a picture for us. I think uh, all of these things in some ways can be pictures of, of uh, for us as God's people today that, remember, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Mm -hmm. And then uh, ultimately he said, you are salt and you are the light of the world and that we are to let our light shine before men and glorify the Father which is in heaven. So we have th this picture that we too, uh, that Jesus himself, the light of the world, and that we are to be uh, lights uh, for those around us, uh, guiding them, uh, giving them comfort and instructing them and guiding them to that relationship with God. kind of ties into our function with the Great Commission that we talked about yeah. in Matthew. Mm -hmm. What else could we mention here? As I'm looking through these chapters. Um, they did experience Passover. They, uh, they celebrated Passover for the second time. Remember the first observance of passover was in egypt yeah. uh when the they original. were just the night before they came out the the actual night of the angel of death passing over the homes where they had placed the the blood over the door doorway well now they they practiced and uh the the passover for the second time would this have been one year later or was about a year later i suppose okay. that had to be yeah uh, it had to be so they exercise that, they celebrate that. What else can we mention? Well, it's kind of an interesting, is back to the Levites, um, and tying in with when Jesus started his ministry. So the Levites started their work at the age of 25. Yeah, that's an interesting point, yeah. a detail. Uh, or started their uh, training, mm -hmm. at least at the age of 25. Five years of training, and then they would officially go into their line of work at the age of 30. That's when they received their actual assignment in, in the functions mm -hmm. of, and then they retired. At the age of fifty. At the age of fifty, which is, it is kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, when he, and then I, you know, tying five in years with, in training. Yeah, and tying in with Jesus when he started his ministry mm -hmm. at the age of thirty. Age, age, so age of thirty kind of makes a tie there, but uh, yeah, those are surprisingly. Uh, um, modern numbers actually yeah, yeah, you would <laughs> i was think. struck by how you would think of that would that they would have started younger um and that and worked longer it worked longer <laughs> maybe <laughs> but uh so i uh, like their plan uh, pretty well that's pretty, pretty good, good actually <laughs> really, really well then um what other thing i was going to mention something that occurred to me too um oh yeah there was a, an interesting little detail is in chapter nine when they after they celebrated passover there was some folk who said, "Oh, we have a problem. We're traveling, or we're we, we something has happened, and we're we're, we're not unclean. prepared. We're unclean, we're ceremonially unclean. unclean, not able to participate in Passover." And 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 God and Moses they make a concession, yeah. which 
which is sometimes a little bit overseen. We're kind of, I don't know, somehow we kind of think of God as kind of hard-nosed and, well, that's too bad. You can't do it on, you know. But no, they made a concession and they did say that if you're traveling, if something has made you a ceremony unclean in that period, well, then you can celebrate Passover one month later. Uh, following all the normal regulations and so on, instructions. So that was, I, I found that intriguing in chapter 9. Um, it it, it kind of goes along with that thing about don't uh, don't uh, boil a kid in its mother's milk. Yes, in other right. words, these are laws, these are rules, and, you know, we keep them. They're made for your blessing and for your instruction, but, but don't carry them so far that they become instruments of harm or death or something. Don't don't boil a kid, a baby lamb in its mother's milk. In other words, uh, so which, there was some freedom. Which and, boy, they, which they do. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> which these uh, eventually, um, they, you know, you think you cut to the Pharisees and. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, well they maybe would do some of, some of all of that, right? Mm-hmm. Well, let me talk about the Holy Spirit. We say the people of God remaining in camp. We talked about the cloud of, by day and the pillar of fire by night, and that's a picture of God's presence in the midst of his people. It would be a great picture for us of the Holy Spirit, the, the, the God's presence in each of us now as God's people, as he is going to guide us through the wilderness, through our, our wanderings, through our time here on earth. Uh, he is going to be our cloud by day and our pillar of fire by night. And so that that's really, I, I think, a beautiful picture for us of God's faithfulness and his promise, mm-hmm. uh, his provision for us as his people, as we uh, seek to live for him, to honor him, to acknowledge him, to trust him, to grow in him, and, and to help others uh, come into the people of God, help introduce others to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Well, I guess we've kind of gone as far as we could. Next week, we're going to get into the second part of Numbers where there's going to be a lot of rebellion. There's going to be a lot of failure. Even Moses' sister is going to get in on the act. And Miriam, our dear little Miriam, is going to get jealous of her brother and kind of raise a ruckus. And she's going to have to be disciplined by the Lord as well. So we've got a lot to look forward to as we continue our way through the book of Numbers. And I did want to confirm that that Passover was one year later from their time out of Egypt. So. It had to be. It's in the calendar, right? right? <laughs> See you next week, folks. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas, 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 9.30 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The The Bible Bible Live Live Quiz Show. Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and The Bible Live broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world. 